Hello ladies and gentlemen, my name is Dylan, and I'm a member of the editing team here at Shonen Flop. There was a minor technical error when recording this episode of Shonen Flop, and as a result, one of the host's audio was negatively impacted. However, we feel that Masako X was such a fantastic guest that it more than makes up for the issue, and we hope that you feel the same. This episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga series and Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. And this I'm week, I'm not. Oh, I'm not <laughs> oh, sorry. We just need to introduce. Oh man, he's oh, he's a go getter. I love it. I'm sorry. I'm Goku. I'm just. A, I'm a guy who's just like <laughs> I, I can't stop myself. I'm too strong. Oh my god, it's Goku. Goku, what? Oh, what series are we covering today? <laughs> well, uh, all I gotta say is that Toei's gonna sue someone. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. But in all seriousness, I'm Masako X. We're covering. Where Goku go? He had to go to his home planet. <laughs> it's like Poochie. <laughs> no, but basically, we're covering Kowloon's Ball Parade, or the Nine Dragons Ball Parade. Yes. And don't worry, Toei, there is an S and apostrophe in there. There is a very big difference. <laughs> That's true. Our translator, uh, Tucker, pointed out that it's probably more accurate to the Kowloon's Parade, but, like, come on! Are we not gonna call it Nine Dragons Ball Parade? That's amazing! Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. It's like the whole act age spelled A-C-T-A-G-E, but apparently it's supposed to be called act age. And we're like, everyone on the plane is going to call it act age. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> but, Moscow, um, I'm sure the listeners might have a little hint about yourself, but do you mind telling the audience for those who don't know who you are? Of course, I'm Master X. I'm best known for being part of Team Four Star as Goku and Gohan as well. <laughs> as course of having my own YouTube channel, which is called Master X as well. I talk about Dragon Ball What Ifs and discussions with my pal Haverot. I also have a podcast with Hav called Up on the Lookout, which you can find on various podcasting platforms of choice, where we do talk about Dragon Ball in terms of reviews and my little audio drama about What If Frieza Turned Good Revelation F. Oh, whoa. Yeah, we're almost at like 20 episodes now. I'll have to check that out. That's a lot of stuff to take I in. Hope it's better than Resurrection. Oh, God. Oh, yes, of course. Uh. I mean, it's a joke that every time there's a new Dragon Ball movie, Hav and I, we get together and we watch Resurrection F and see how badly did it age this time? <laughs> I could not believe how bad it was when I watched it. Like, It was fine to begin with when you saw it in theaters with mm -hmm. everybody, but when you look back before that we watched Broly, you were like, oh my God, oh my God, this is just a fight. Yeah. I still think, to be honest, in the framework Toriyama set, the idea of what if Frieza actually tried to train makes a ton of sense. Mm. Maybe I sound really stupid, but I actually was like, you know what? I will buy that as a premise of why Frieza just got much more powerful because he's actually trying. Yes, exactly. And Taroyoshi Yamamura was the director of that. And Taroyoshi Yamamura is the guy who's best known for the Dragon Ball look since 1993. So have you noticed since movie 8, it pretty much has looked locked solid for a long time? Yeah. Tadayoshi Yamamura openly admits he does not watch any other anime, he does not really take in many other media, mm -hmm. and it shows, because he's in charge of Super Dragon Ball Heroes, and you constantly get the shot under the legs, the pan up to watch the new transformation, the sudden punch to the gut, and uh, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. You see the same old tropes every now and again, and it's just because he doesn't watch anything else. It's kind of like, um, not so much outsider art, but the guy who made uh, Shenmue, same idea where he said, I don't play video games. Shenmue is my only interaction with video games, and it really reflects the series. That makes so much sense. Well, that and sailors, of course. I'm looking for some sailors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I feel like definitely, Moscow, we could shoot the, uh, the shit. Uh, by the way, you're allowed to swear on the podcast if you are so inclined. But why don't we tr start transitioning now that we're talking about manga and anime creators into actually talking about the series itself? Yeah. If we must. 
just to get into the series, as we talked about, this series in English is called Nine Dragons Ball Parade, or in Japanese, Kaloon's Ball Parade, which uh, Tucker actually at first wasn't sure, but he did some digging. So thank you, Tucker, for looking into things. And it really derives from the name of the high school that they were going to a little bit later, which essentially I believe means Nine Dragons. So mm. the actual translation, while probably trying to get that good SEO from Dragon Ball Z, does actually have an in-universe reason why they translate it with this name. At the same time, though, I just think of Rage Against Machine's song, Balls on Parade! Balls on Parade! <laughs> Except, like, it's done with a kazoo, because it's not as epic. Got five-sided dragon cars! Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nine Balls <laughs> <That's> on Parade! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Parade Ball! <laughs> Welcome to the Death Nine Dragon Ball Parade. Right! <laughs> We rally around the baseball team. To join the ball parade. (laughs) (laughs) When I was a baseball. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad you guys get it. But anyway, this series, though, was created by Miki Yasu Kamada, who was the writer. And this is all he's done. And it was drawn by Ashibi Fuki, who actually has created some artworks called primarily Slime and Dragons and Sukiban Deka, but so far hasn't created anything published since. Sukiban Deka. I heard that before. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, I remember, because I watch um, those Kenny Lauderdale videos where he talks about old, like, uh, Japanese TV shows from, like, the 80s, and I think Sukaban Deka is one of them. Oh, that's cool. It was, like, a series about a bunch of uh, delinquent high school girls doing, you know, uh, like, delinquent things. Cute girls doing delinquent things. <laughs> and this series ran from February 15th, 2021 to July 4th, 2021. So I feel it's like funny that it has ended on July 4th when it's probably the most patriotic American mm. sport. And this is like a, we, we read a rugby series that got canceled the day after the Rugby World Cup ended. Was it during the one in Japan? Yeah, it was hosted in Japan. So there was a series called Beast Children. Our guest was like, oh, dude, that's like the day after the Rugby World Cup ended. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so Shonen Jump was not subtle about and it's it. it's also, no. like, really bad. Like, really hilariously yeah. bad. It really just seems obvious that they only kept it around because of the Rugby World Cup. On that note, speaking of a short shelf life, this actually series short was not a part of the United Club nope. because it was three volumes and 20 chapters, so barely got past the borderline. I don't know if that's <laughs> much to be proud of. At least yeah. you had multiple <laughs> vo- volumes. That's true. It's an achievement. I mean, my manga basketball grandma only had one chapter, so I really can't be shitting on series for doing a lot longer than me. For reference, uh, Masako, I created as a joke, a series about what if a girl couldn't find love because everyone was intimidated by her six foot eight former WNBA player grandma. It was called I Can't Find Love Because My Grandma is Two Meters Tall. That title sounds really short nowadays. (laughs) Right? I've heard of one because I follow a guy called Broken Daydream on uh, TikTok and he talked about there was like a basketball themed anime with tall girls in it. Really? I can't remember the name, the name, but it's out there somewhere. Maybe a listener will be able to let us know. So if you know, post it on the Discord. We'd really appreciate it. But wait a minute, folks. We're not talking about basketball. We're talking about baseball. Even I know that. <laughs> Thanks, Goku. So let's get into about the manga. So Jordan, why don't you kick things off? Tamato Azukita wants to be on the best high school baseball team ever. Azu is, however, a weak, nerdy kid, but he's a genius at baseball strategy. So, he has devoted himself to being a catcher. Unfortunately, Hakuo is an anti-nerd team, 
So Azu gets rejected like the fucking dork he is, but while he's there, he meets a super talented pitcher named Kao Ryudo. Ryudo was accepted, but he turned down the invitation. Instead, wanting to work with Azu to put together a team that can defeat Hakuo. They are approached by a girl who's sneaking around like Kojima style in a fucking cardboard box. Her name is Karen Kurosaki, and she's the daughter of the headmaster of Koko Ryuzan High School, which used to have an incredible baseball team 30 years ago, but they got shut down when they started losing. I guess they just shut down an entire uh, extracurricular activity from their high school because they just weren't winning that much. <laughs> yeah. Guess I'll die then. <laughs> <laughs> Karen's dream, though, is to revive the team to its former glory, becoming the obligatory girl manager that David predicted on the chip yep. when she recruits Ryudo and Azu. Popcorn David. Oh, thank you. Yes, I was very excited. I've at least gotten one point on my chibi guesses. I saw that and was like, yep, yep. <laughs> so to do this, they decided to go after great players that no one wants. First, they get Yoshitaka Tsurugi, an incredible and well-known batter who had quit to help his dad run their toy store. But his dad tells him to stop being an idiot. Go become a baseball man. <laughs> uh, next, they get Renojo Subaki, a very talented shortstop who sucks at playing team sports and constantly gets ejected from the games. After that, the group acquires a guy named Shuhei Kido, who's pretty forgettable and doesn't do much. Like, he does one thing in, like, the entire manga. Yeah, I just really appreciate it. That's how you know the series wrapped up. You're like, hey, you want to join our baseball team? He goes, okay. Yeah, exactly. And they were spending, like, two or three chapters on everyone else. Now, what happened is that they were talking about this really cool baseball player. We really want to get him. We want to get him. We want to get his best mate. Do you want, hey, best mate of the guy that we actually really bigged up. You want to be part of <laughs> Oh, yeah, okay, I guess. Okay, great. <laughs> Can you tell we're in a hurry in terms of the manga? Yeah. <laughs> we don't have enough time. We gotta make these galaxy brain moves right now. Exactly. They Essentially, they're trying to make a team of all bass players. Oh, ho, ho. <laughs> that was really smart. Damn, this is 600 <laughs> IQ. Jordan's gonna go just run around his house because he can't handle what I just said. They're also joined really quickly by a dumb strong guy named Taiga Toramoto and his friend, a scared fast guy named Iyo Horagachi. Popcorn Masako. They're approached on the field by Shiro Shiratori, the son of Hakuo's headmaster, and a crazy good pitcher. No one, including Surugi, can hit his punches. Pitches, sorry, I'm thinking Dragon Ball here again. <laughs> and he leaves laughing about how he demoralized them. He never shows up again. A few months pass and they pick up some randos to fill out the required number of players, because, to keep Pete in the big tournament. Their first match is an easy surprise victory as they shut the other team out 8-0 and in basically less than 8 panels. Then the next match is against a baseball team that's basically just one guy who's really, really good. They win, and the manga's over. They didn't even play Hakuo. Damn. They make the quarterfinals, and they just say, the story continues. Well, I just continue the yeah, story yeah. then! <laughs> Look, he would've could, but the editors won't let him. Yeah. Mm. Oh, the story continues thing is one of the, like, three or four possible endings that a flop seems to go with. Yeah. So sometimes they like really try and fit an entire year's worth of content in like three chapters like Golem Hearts did that where they had an entire civil war in a chapter and then they usually have like a time skip and they're like, oh, we fixed everything, but uh, we just don't have time to tell you what happened. The issue next month. What? No, we're not canceled. No. What you think happened, happened. Exactly. It's up to interpretation, just like most true art. Masako, will you be, since the series is technically a Dragon Ball series, will you be dedicating any episodes of your podcast to talking about what could have happened? Oh. <laughs> in, in well, this. one thing's for sure, and I keep saying they picked the wrong character to be the lead. For sure. Because, hey there, my little nerd friend, my name is Ty Tao. <laughs> <laughs> I'm someone from the digital world, and a good baseball player. <laughs> 
<laughs> and typically in any shonen series, they always sound like this. Don't worry, my little guy. I want to be the best baseball player ever, and I'm going to take us to the top. Yeah! Nice. They always sound like that in terms of early 2004 kids. They all have the Sonic voice. Yeah. Which is why Sonic X was on for kids. Yeah, especially singing the national anthem. <laughs> on that note, uh, why don't we get into the characters now that we're actually starting yeah, to yeah, talk yeah. about them? I'll go first with the main character, uh, Tamao Azukida. He is all about fitness. He likes to record data. He's pretty much like Moneyball, the character. He wants to be a catcher, which is interesting because obviously I would say most people playing baseball don't have the aspiration for probably being the most, I would say, underappreciated role on a baseball team. To bring up the base thing, it really is kind of the basest of the sports team in that when you don't have a good catcher you notice but if they're doing a good job you don't really pay attention to them unfortunately which is just i think a really interesting direction to take a main protagonist but we'll get into where what it could have done better is it might not have been a good idea basically a background character he, like we get very little personality to him besides the fact that he's a nerdy kid who really wants to be good at baseball even though he doesn't have natural physical talent for it which you know that's fine but that's like kind of all there is there's really not much more to him. He doesn't really have that interesting of a personality. You know what it actually reminds me of is, uh, did you ever read Shaman King, uh, Moscow? Don't say that I did. The main character of Shaman King, he's a chill dude. His name's literally Yo. And yeah. <laughs> he just has this nerdy, weird sidekick who is often kind of the narrator of the series. Right. And I feel like that dynamic could have worked here a lot better. Like, we could keep Azu as, like, like kind of the POV character, but, like, the main focus could have been Tao. Mm. Yeah, Azu yeah. could easily fit as the second. He's the brains of the operation. And, like, Tao could have just gone, like, Wow, Azu, I had no idea about this type of attitude about baseball. You're amazing! <laughs> Oh, really? I, 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 I didn't think so. Whoa! Actual numbers! <laughs> Mathematical! It's interesting because Cal easily has the most interesting backstory of anyone there, and they only, like, vaguely hint at it. At least they did it. I mean, eventually. Actually, he's the only one with backstory. Does Tao actually have background? Like, we know Tao is from an orphanage, Surugi but... has more of a backstory than him. And we'll get to him in a second. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of like the central issue, I guess, is that all we know about him is that he was a kid who got picked on and baseball is the way in which he feels that he can, like, uh, rise above that. But, like, we never see examples of it. We never see, like, a history that he has. It's just like, no, this is how you're supposed to feel about the history if you watch it. You never saw it. Uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Should we keep going down the list? Because the series was definitely very character-driven, so I know we've got a hefty amount of characters to talk Let's about. Let's move on, I think, because otherwise we'll, we'll end up okay. forgetting about the other characters, because we're already kind of forgettable. <laughs> Would you like to talk about Solid Snake? I mean, I was, like, thinking, well, hang on a minute, this is the Shonen Jump manga. When is Girl going to show up? And suddenly, go! <laughs> yeah. Karin, who could easily be voiced by Karin from Digimon, or, you know, Kari. Yeah. Basically, she's like, oh, yeah, I know you two can be really good, and I can tell this story's not gonna go anywhere. That is until I show up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like, I hype myself up really well, and actually, you know, I suck. The character, despite the odd choice of hiding places, I think she's the most interesting of the three in that you yeah. know she is a person who has lots of aspirations is very driven very determined has character and personality but up the wazoo and yet all of this was done by basically a grandfather trying to be overly good intentions and he's just like oh my god what the hell have i done she's too annoying the more we're talking about it, I actually think Karen should have been the main character. Because she... You can't have... Well, oh, yeah, you're right. You can't have a girl main character in Shonen Jump. That's illegal. Shonen Jump girl character? When are you suddenly going to find the girl if the girl's already there? That doesn't <laughs> make any sense. 
Did you notice also that her like proportions change depending on the panel? Where sometimes yeah. I really want to talk about this, actually. Oh my god. Okay, so Karine's design is like in this weird, uncanny valley situation where it's not as revealing as like I've seen in Shonen Jump. It's not as sexualized as yeah. that. But it's a little bit more sexualized and revealing than like a normal thing. So it's just instead of like looking at it and be like, oh, that's disgusting. It's just what you look at it, you're like, that looks off. You're kind of just like, uh, okay, when did that happen? Like, if I saw a normal Japanese high school student, I don't think I could see the top of their eyes all the time. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, at least like Black Torch, the dude knew what he was about. There's this one character, he just sexualizes her ass in every panel possible. Oh. And he literally in his offer comments is like, man, I love drawing women's asses. At least older son, you know, he just goes, I like drawing women. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> exactly. And honestly, I've been actually watching my dress up darling. And that's probably like the best anime of the year. And oh my God, Marnie's personality in that is amazing. I need to watch Seriously, it. Seriously, her personality is refreshing. I've never heard about, but that sounds like a new Grand Slash game from 2004 that would be rated 18 plus. <laughs> there is fan service in there, of course there is. It's cosplay related. Her personality is incredibly adorable. It's really wholesome. Aww. She's really nice as well. You think, damn it, damn it, she'd be a really cool friend. But she's just really nice. And her personality is just like, you know, she. you think she's a gyaru and she thinks, oh, she's going to be like ribbing on people. And she's like, no, I think people should be like whatever they like. And this is one guy who hates anime. She's like, get the fuck out. And it's like, I like you. <laughs> but going back to Karin, is that Karin's yes. personality, I don't mind because she's driven. She has passion. You remember her for a start. And I do yeah. agree. You know, it seems like the creator, the artist wasn't quite sure about, you know, proportions and keeping them consistent. Continuity probably skipped that major. <laughs> <laughs> but essentially, I don't mind the character at all. And, you know, I just think that she'd have been a really cool coach. Just on the background, I was like, yeah, go on, get on the thing. And then everyone thinks that, and that that's my team in there. Uh, <laughs> these characters, if you just tweak them a little bit, they'd be really good. At least the first five. Oh, for sure. Speaking of, I actually, I do actually want to say, I think the next character I also really enjoy, Yoshitaka Tsurugi. Yoshitake uh, Tsurugi. Yeah, he is all about those hands. I mean, he does have the OCD like Kira has. <laughs> Remember that incident where he was like killing someone and they had like their sock rolled up wrong yep. and he fixed it? He's very OCD. He is their batter. He works at a toy store and he has he's the only character that really has an interesting mm. backstory. I do want to clarify David says he's OCD. What he actually means is Surugi pays extremely close attention to very small detail. You're right. I describe uh, Surugi as the eye candy, as in like he's a good looking guy and all the girls who go, yeah. <laughs> really? You don't think the next character? Because I thought that was like the actual uh, like the other guy's the Trella guy. He's like the Hitachi twins from High School Host Club. Surugi yeah. is like, oh uh, yes, I'm the guy that has the very pitiful backstory. You have noticed me, Karin-san? Surugi yeah. struck me more as a Zoro type, you know, baseball bats instead of swords. There was definitely, if the series had kept going, someone was going to draw a fan art of him wielding three bats <laughs> mm, with one in his mouth. Three bats, Rugi. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, there's nothing in the rules in baseball saying you can't you don't put a bat in your mouth and try and hit if it. If that had happened, you'd have the comments, oh my god, Surugi, the two-bat method! That's never been seen before in this level of thing! I don't believe it! He did it! If you just had an arcade baseball story, just the bonkers baseball series, it could have been great. I mean, that's the problem is, and I'm actually surprised it's the first time we've mentioned iShield 21 has just literally perfected the art of having a battle shown, and that's about sports that doesn't have any supernatural elements. This series hmm. desperately wanted to be iShield 21. You could just tell. But speaking, though, of the next character, I actually fought... He's my favorite character. 
Yes. So, Jordan, why don't you get into it? I actually thought he was a girl when I first saw the color art. Oh, me too, yeah. Which I thought was going to be really cool. So why don't you tell us a little bit about him? So his name is uh, Rinojo Tsubaki. Uh, He's the shortstop, and his whole thing is that he thinks he is the fucking greatest of all time, and everyone else is dumb for just not fucking understanding his genius. And so as a result, he gets into fights with, like, his coaches when they give him advice or they tell him to stop doing anything, or he gets into fights with umpires and they tell him the guy's safe. So he gets ejected from, like, every single game because he just cannot prevent himself from starting shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's definitely the Jordan of Nine Dragons Ball ah, Parade. What? No, I'm just kidding. I love, I love you. I love you, you buddy. Go? I appreciate that he's definitely got the most consistent characterization where he 100% is this egomaniac at all times. Even in the last chapter, he's being a huge asshole about how good he is, which definitely, if there was enough time, that's something to adjust. But at least the offer didn't forget because traits like that, I feel, get diminished over time because it's hard to remember when you have so many players. Mm -hmm. So I do appreciate the offer at least would write the scene and be like, oh, that's right. I need him to be a huge asshole when everyone else is acting like normal people. Yeah, I do think about, though, that the way they managed to temper Subaki, that was clever in that you know they realize well actually he does have a lot of good of opinions so why don't you have him when you're out on the field just let him do the thing yeah just give him that outlet at the right time and it'll work yeah he needs to rely on other people I was going to talk about the pops of Belgian Nails. I thought that was really clever writing because that is a big part of management styles. Like even like when Jordan and I are collaborating on things, we'll often talk about what things we actually want to enjoy. Like for instance, Jordan really is passionate about UI UX and that's why he's been working on the website because I knew Jordan's going to give it, you know, 100% compared to me where that's not my calling. And it really does show a lot of intelligence of managing a structure where, you know, this guy really knows what he's talking about. Just let him be in charge because his opinions tend to be right, which I thought was a cool touch. I also really like how the issue with Subaki and the reason why people have trouble uh, telling him to do stuff and giving him advice is because the things he does are just incredibly instinctual and if yeah. he has to think about it the entire thing falls apart I thought that was a really interesting way to get around the fact of like we'll just tell him to, to be less of like a ball hog or whatever the fuck because it's like that is also like a real thing people get very instinctual and good at things in a certain way and what you know if you try and change it it, it could screw you up yeah, but I think, though, definitely, though, let's just knock out these characters and then we can really answer the meat potatoes. So let's get through the kind of filler section of the characters, besides maybe mm-hmm. one exception. So, Masuka, would you mind telling us about the next character? Sure. Shuhei Kido, Mr. Average. He's just kind of okay. Like, okay, sure. Essentially, it was going back to what we said earlier, is that they're going after this one guy who's really, really renowned as a particular type of player. And they really big him up to the point where, yeah, they're going to go after him next. They've done really well thus far. They can get him. And then the ads are like, well, what you guys, basically, everyone will expect us to do. Why don't we go after his best friend? Best friend? Oh, his best friend plays baseball as well. Oh, 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 oh. And then they just go after Keto and ask him, and he's like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. Of course, then he goes, oh, oh gosh. Oh, no one's ever asked me before. Uh, everyone just asked my best friend. Uh, well, I mean, sure, okay, if you think that's the right decision there. Uh, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Except more, like, you know, upperclassmen. And that's it. I actually was expecting him to be like that dude in Aishal 21 where his special ability is no one remembers him and he's really good at like doing interceptions, which maybe they could have played up later on. Uh, Jordan, I think we talked about, but yeah, he just he's just really bland. That is just too good of a joke for this series. Yeah, that's true. But I do appreciate he had the time to shine where like the opponent was like, oh, they're using their lesser players and then he's up to bat and he's like, I'm just B tier at everything. No joke, when he showed up again in, like, the last chapter, I legit was like, who's this? 
Who's this guy? <laughs> oh, oh, we haven't even gone to the worst offenders of who is this. I think he is the worst offender. I remember the other people on here significantly more than Shuei Kido. Well, there are the three members of the team where they just realize, oh, fuck, it didn't write enough characters, and they join, and we didn't even add them into this section. I forgot section. about them. But next up is Taiga uh, Toromoto, who wants recognition of his skills. Big thing is he is left-handed and he is hot-headed. Isn't that quite telling that one of the points is he's left-handed? And it's yes. like, oh, that is a bullet point in our notes. They do make a big deal of the fact that he's left-handed. Was he left-handed? I wouldn't have known. That apparently is a big <laughs> yeah. deal in baseball. I, I don't know. But yeah, no, his thing is he literally goes up to Sarugi and he's like, yo, I'm your biggest rival. And Sarugi's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> I have no idea who you are. I mean, with Eeyore, yeah, the little one, I mean, you feel like, you know, that's the kind of more compelling one of the three. It's mm-hmm. like, I just kept Froppy from my heroes. Like, well, hey, guys, I'm really, really scared of things. Oh, my gosh. Don't, don't hit me, you guys. Or if it's like one mom from D. Oh, dear, Ken, I know you're not supposed to be doing that, Ken. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, you feel like, oh, no. If, if I did in the bridge series, I just give that, oh, no, Tiger. I don't suppose you could do that. I'm really scared. To being hate. I don't like having it up there. Which is scary. <laughs> it's like, sorry. The thing about Dio is that he's just a dude who's really scared and, and like extremely socially awkward, and he hangs out behind Taiga, who's really hot headed, and just kind of lets Taiga be his shield. And the reason he wants to join their team is because it's so small, which I, I like as an idea, but the, the big issue with him is they do nothing with you. He does like barely anything in the series because he shows up right at the very end, so you don't really learn that much about him but like he clearly has more to him than uh taiga seems to yeah, I mean, that's the thing about the series is, yeah, there's a lot of characters, but at least the, you, there's something to say about them all, which is impressive when they had to jam all these characters in. They're not terrible, they're just not good enough. Just like how none of us are good enough for the, I would say, finger quotes, main villain, <laughs> Shiro. He's like a bad guy, super good at pitching. Yeah, he just kind of doesn't really have much character besides the fact that he's as close as you can get to being an evil baseball player. Got that anime face that they give to people who are like slimy and have fake yep. smiles and stuff. Example off the top of my head is like Gene from uh, uh, Bleach. So speaking of failures, why don't we move on to what the series didn't do so well? So Jordan, what would you say is really something that stood out to you is why the series failed? The characters, as I mentioned before, they're all right. They're not, like, that good. I feel like the main character, Azu, it really kind of feels like an author insert, which I feel like is a word that gets used, like, kind of incorrectly, because, like, on some level, everything that you make is kind of an insert in a way, you know? That's how you, like, relate to stuff. But, like, you get around this by, like, having a character have some kind of personality trait that maybe you would never have. The main character from I Shield 21. His issue is, you know, like generally he's like a nice, fun guy, but like his issue is that he's just afraid of bullies and so got really good at running. And that informs you about everything else he does. The thing about Azu is it seems like he's supposed to have that, but like we never get his feelings and everything we see from him. He's always responding in a calm and in a uh, very intelligent kind of way. Like it's always like, gotta make your character not look cool sometimes. Yeah, I mean, he has glasses. Well, that's the other thing. I feel like what he does is uh, the author thinks that by telling you, hey, this guy's lame and he's a nerd, it'll get over the fact that everything we see him do is just good and cool for the entire series. 
he is extremely competent and skilled. Like, it's, I, they really had to hand wave why he couldn't make it onto the team. Mm. Dude, he even hit the guy's, like, baseball pitch at the very end from, like, the super strong dude. Yeah, he did everything possible. He passed legitimately. And then yeah. he's just like, say, well, congratulations, everybody. And you, Azu, fuck off. We don't like nerds. We got this American chat. To paraphrase DBZA, Azu, I'd like to refer to you as NERD! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, but moving on to something else that was a problem, I think uh, me and Masako talked about this quite extensively in our chat. This series' plot moves like molasses for the first 12 chapters, and then it shotguns the plot. Like, the entire second chapter, I legitimately think could have been four pages. It is just them talking over and over about the same thing, about how are they going to build this team? Here are all these issues. Oh, no, what are we going to do? And then the worst part is all these issues are solved by something that's not even in their control, a character comes out of nowhere to fix their problems, which made that entire second chapter pointless. Karin in the yeah. box. Karin in the box. <laughs> I'm the plot device. I'm Karin in the box. I also really love how they made a whole thing about how, like, oh, Sarugi, we're going to help you uh, around the shop. You know, it's all going to be great. And, like, we spend, like, a significant amount of the chapter talking about that, showing the characters helping him out. And then at the end, his dad shows up. And he's like, what? No, don't help. I'll just take care of the whole thing on myself. Fuck it, go. I mean, honestly, that would have been a nice kind of like little subplot. Yeah, you know, just the kind of like at the end of every game, they're back at the toy shop and they're just talking, you know, I learned something today. <laughs> Fucking knew you were going to say that. It's like Angel Grove. They go back and have a smoothie and stuff like that. Or in Bones, for example, they, they always go to the Chinese restaurant at the end. Yeah. Or in Castle, they're in like... They're in the castle, right? I wish it was. Nathan filling it in the castle. Can you believe that? He's so great. I know, but the thing is, though, is if you had the toy store as the the as the focal the point, base, like yeah. yeah, they could have had the team sponsored by the toy shop. Yeah. Yeah, you know, be their sponsor. And then they could be like, you know, just all these opportunities that could be just a good subplot and keeping Surugi honest. They do actually have one shot when more people join the team of them at the toy store. Like, you see Eo like, struggling to, like, move the boxes and stuff. So I will give them credit for that. But yeah, that was uh, one of my chibi guesses that I think was also right. I guess the series would talk about nothing that wasn't about baseball. And I was unfortunately right in that it's terrible. But I, I mean, I did get my point. So dabbing on Jordan on that. But, like, that's the thing about Chainsaw Man we always love is Chainsaw Man has moments. And, and Masako, are you familiar with Chainsaw Man? I've been meaning to catch up with it, but I'm guessing that it actually is really good in, you know, developing the characters. Yes, it's absolutely fantastic if you have a chance. David got me the first volume in Italian. Yes. I was reading it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jordan knows Italian, so he can read Chase something. I know a little bit, but like what's cool about reading a manga in a different language or like any kind of comic is it makes you focus on the art, especially because I already know what happens in the first few chapters of Chainsaw Man because I've read it so many times. Yeah, to get back into it, Chainsaw Man intentionally makes a conscious effort to show the character socializing. Like when they complete a mission, they go to the bar, they hang out, they talk about what's going on in their lives that isn't relevant to the actual, I guess, like mission they had. And it makes the characters feel full flesh. Downtime. Yeah. And that is insanely vital to make a series feel like these are characters and not just walking plot devices. Like U19, all of these characters effectively deactivate when they're not interacting with the overarching plot, which is the same in this series. It is like Poochie, like when they're not on screen, everybody should be like, where's Poochie? It does feel like these characters only do one thing in and their lives. And that's baseball. 
Exactly. Like the issues that I had with Azu, the fact that we is basically just that we know fucking nothing about him and his inner yeah. world. And you can find out what's inside somebody's head by having like all this downtime where like Ryota's talking to him or something, you know? And he's just like, yo, do you like this? No, I don't like that at all. Oh, wow. You don't like this. some shit like that, you know? He could have, like, saw a toy at the toy store and been like, oh, this reminds me. And, like, he has, like, a younger sister and he buys, like, a doll for her. And you see his family. Like, we don't see his family. He just fucking exists. And he can go to any high school he wants, which doesn't make any sense. Mm. You know what, David? Yes. This series had a really great opportunity with the, the toy store, but they, uh, well, they dropped the ball. How based of you to make that joke? Oh! oh. <laughs> I call foul on that one. <laughs> <laughs> If I can be blunt, though, let me bring up another issue I had with this Did series. Did you think that blunt was a Wait, sorry, blunt, if I may be blunt. That's what I meant. Are you providing your pitch? I am quite the catch. Nice, nice, nice. Masako, we need you to hang out with us. So we actually had another guest from Britain, so maybe it's a running theme where uh, Hassan, who absolutely love him, but that's all we did was just made like a ton of puns the entire time. The English invented puns, David. You're right. I'm all about the puns, man. I love it. I make my fans cringe at the puns and they just accept it. So they're like, yeah, this is why I subscribe. And I'm like, you know it. You <laughs> know, you know it. what you're getting into. <laughs> yeah. We're not complicated here. We're about word plays and puns and innuendo. I had a coworker on my old job and his name was Left Terrace. And I found out he had a twin and I asked him, oh, is your twin's name Right Terrace? And my manager just got, I fucking knew he was going to say that. I mean, that's what I thought when you said there was a twin name Left Terrace. <laughs> But anyway, uh, just to knock out some other criticism I have, uh, one thing I also found is you need to actually understand Japanese baseball to really get the value. Like, bless the editors for explaining it, but that's still a lot where you have to read editors' notes for a lot of these conversations to either get baseball terminology or know who these players are referencing are. And that yeah. takes up a lot of space in the series where they have to explain its references. Also, it's it's kind of interesting in a way because I've been to Japan and I went to uh, mm-hmm. wrestling at Tokyo Dome. And oh, one nice. of the things they know about Japanese baseball, I think they refer to it, is that Japanese baseball is it doesn't have the soul and passion of American baseball. Like yeah. there's not like the cheering or anything like that. In wrestling, you have all the things, so you just hit everyone. Like there's no like cheering constantly, and it's just like ooh. And then when a move done, it's like very polite. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> it's like golf. Oh, God. Let's not get into talking about robot laser beam. beam. Okay. But do you guys have any other criticisms before uh, speaking of things that are enjoyable? We talked about the things we enjoyed about the series. I think we really need to give it some credit. All right. So let's talk about, though, how this series might not have been a home run, but it did get some double plays as we get into what it did well. That was off the dome. I feel like that was was a good one. That's the most sports. I don't do sports. I'll kick this one off where I say, as we talked about in the chibi, the art is very consistent. This is like would have been insanely easy to make an anime adaption because they pretty much have already done anime appropriate character designs. It's consistent in everything except for Carrie's proportion, but well. An anime version would easily fix that. If yeah. they have continuity artists. By using a 3D model that doesn't change proportions at all. Yes, I agree. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's like, just look at one panel and go like, okay, is that her proportions? Yeah, okay, run with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, but then again, it's an anime. Oh, no, no, wait a minute. No, they, they, they'd amp it up a bit. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. My hero! I can't watch the anime now that they took out the Chainsaw Man cameo. Oh, It's a real deal breaker for me. Licensing! Hopefully, Moscow, you'll check it out um, and tell us what you think. But I do think, though, this series, as we talked about, does a great job making the catcher actually be interesting. I honestly didn't have respect for the catcher position, as I don't respect athletes. Understandable. 
it really did explain to me why the catcher is so vital to the success of a team compared to a lot of the more visible positions. Yeah. And I also want to say they do actually play a lot of baseball in this series. Like mm. Masako, when we covered Beast Children, they didn't play rugby for the first eight chapters. Ooh. And uh, that was not the biggest problem with that series. No, it was, it was I doubt not. It's that's what wasn't, no. No. <laughs> By the way, I, I only want yeah. to say this last thing about Beast Children, and then we'll move sure. on. My favorite thing about Beast Children is that instead of drawing the ball, they had one JPEG of a rugby ball that they would make bigger or smaller and rotate depending on <laughs> uh, where the ball needed to be and who held the ball. And it looked yeah. awful every single time. I mean, the art was dog shit. And <laughs> Wait, uh, but, but Masaka, what were some things about the series that stood out to you as positives? I felt like the characters themselves, like the first five, are actually alright. Yeah. They don't annoy me. That's the thing. They're all fine. They're all nice characters. Up to Subaki, where they're actually fleshed out. Because with Subaki, even, it's just like, you feel like there is some hope in that. And that they've actually gone, oh my god, we found a way to calm him down that no one else did. By actually listening to him. And that's that's what you're gonna... That's what I've been trying to tell everybody all this time. I just want people to listen to me. That's what I wanted to do. And now you have... Oh, you're my best friend, Sarah. Fuck off, you! <laughs> I mean, just give him James's voice from Pokemon, he'd be absolutely great! <laughs> uh, I love it. Uh, speaking though of the characters, I actually really appreciate the series had a really strong element of individualism still mattering in a team, which I, yeah. just given Japanese culture, I was not expecting it was a pleasant surprise. Mm. No, you felt like the, the first five actually, you knew who they were. Yeah, which if the series didn't need to shotgun the plot, but the problem is, is the structure of the series doesn't work for how he wanted to pace it. But it was great until he, everyone was like, dude, when are you going to have this baseball team for this baseball series? He really set himself up for failure by calling it Nine Dragons Ball Parade. Because yeah. like it makes it really hard to adjust because the name of the manga implies the structure of the manga. Yeah. Oh, uh, Jordan, I'm actually quite surprised that you haven't talked about kind of the really interesting visual metaphors the series had, which I also thought was kind of a standout part of the art like it really does kind of get you going a little bit not as much as like a great manga does but like i think the general idea of the we the general opinion we have all of this we all have on this so far it seems to be fine yeah fine yeah this is not garbage it just it had room for improvement which maybe that's a good segue into the section i know masako you've been most excited about is where the series could have gone so masako please take us away though what are some things that you really think the series could have done to have made itself not uh be a flop they could have easily had a little bit more going for it in the sense of like if they just like had as you said had the main five come in and then you know try and go for like a 5v5 like exhibitors match and that's where they could have found some more players and you know there's like a small like a mini game or something like that or like just some softball or something just as like a little <laughs> they play cricket uh well you cricket you need 11 people so maybe 11 dragons ball parade would be even oh, worse shit. play cricket at school i went to private really? school that's so cool yeah, but the best thing about it, I I was a really big kid, so I was just a scorer. We did get jam sandwiches in between in, at tea time. Oh, my. Yeah, that was good. Is there a cricket manga? I don't there know. There probably is. There is a manga derived of Formula One about Ed and Senna, because Ed and Senna is like hugely popular in Japan. Oh, that's cool. Dragon Ball Shonen Jump was actually a sponsor for an F1 Whoa. team, and I did a video about that on my main channel. I only know who Aaron Senna is because I saw a really great documentary about him called Senna. This is really good. And in 1989, Shonen Jump sponsored the McLaren team. Oh they were God. on the nose cone and everything. And Toriyama liked McLaren and Senna and actually... Oh, he drew stuff, right? There is F1 cars in the background of some Dragon Ball stuff. I think he drew some, like, Formula One fan art. 
Goku wearing the McLaren overalls and everything like that. Yeah. The point is, is that there can be some good sports manga, even of like F1 cars and stuff like that. This one, though, you felt like the sports was focused on too much. Yeah. Even if it's just like one of those moments where with Azu, you've just found out a bit more about his family or even with Karin, you just actually see his, her parents and like you go like, oh my God, she has a really bad home life and she feels like she needs to overcompensate by being this really peppy schoolgirl and the baseball thing's all she has. I mean, you sort of get that with the grandfather, the principal, yeah. but if you had that from another dimension as well, humanize the characters more. I mean, the thing is they're human enough. I mean, they exist and they talk yeah. naturally. They don't just talk about being a baseball or all the time but you feel like Tsurugi's recruitment thing was one less chapter that could have been good like because it was like three chapters but then again yeah. you feel like the manga cut at that time probably thought he had like 30-40 chapters to work with and then he got 20 and probably found that a yeah. chapter 15 is like um yeah no no we gotta wrap this up I honestly think maybe, so feel free to disagree, I really would have been like a two-chapter limit per recruitment of characters, because he was getting into three, four, I would have straight up, as I said, you cannot do more than two chapters. Yeah, no, agreed. Instead of all of these, like, chapters where it's like, okay, now we gotta speed things up and get ready for the thing, because we're gonna face Hakuo, and oh, we didn't even get to Hakuo. Yeah. I kind of want to see a manga that they just lose, and then they have to deal with losing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've never seen a shonen manga where the main characters have to deal with uh, the fact that they just, well, they lost. And I think that that's, like, a really interesting thing, and I understand why I haven't, because that's, like, against the entire point of shonen. Yeah. I mean, hey, that is what happened in Time Paradox Ghost Rider. That's kind of what we love so much about it. That's true. By the way, I also really wish they had brought the stat stuff up. That was something unique about the series. And the first chapter made me think, oh, this is literally like Moneyball, the Shonen Jump series. That's actually kind of cool. And then stats are mentioned maybe like three or four times. I get it. Like math is for nerds, whatever. It's still something unique. And it is actually something very unique about baseball is how important applied statistics is. And literally like these are teenagers. These are people learning this thing while they're in high school. Actually could help them literally pass their stat classes by reading this series. It would be funny if, like, um, if, like, their math was just, like, really rudimentary because they just learned it. That could be, have been a non-baseball-related thing is him going into high school and being on, like, the math team and learning stats so he better understands. Like, you could have seen him learning about what linear regression is or Byers theorem to help him better apply, and you could literally see the results in the next thing where he literally has a training arc where he reads an applied statistics textbook. They could tell me what fast inverse square root means, but yeah. Oh, God. Fucking, I know what you're referencing. <laughs> yeah. Moscow, I did want to go back to what you mentioned about how the characters need to be humanized, but, like, they're they're not bad. It's like, they're at, like, stage one of character development. Yeah. They just don't go past that. No, they don't. And I felt like they needed more time. If they managed to, like, shrink it down a little more or have some more chapters, I feel like you could have that first tournament. They do lose. They have to go back next year and try again. And it's like they get to the semis or the quarterfinals. They do well, but they don't make the final. And they don't even play against Harkuo. They could at least, you know, watch them play. And, like, you know, everyone at Harkuo is, like, making fun of them and stuff like that. But Azu's going, huh, well, you better believe it, but I've studied exactly every single move that you've done. It's like, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, way to go, Azu. Good analysis goes. Oh, thanks, bro. And all that stuff like that. Well, I should have been the main character. <laughs> I'm surprised that wasn't what you led with. 
But in any case, there'd be like one more year of stuff like that. Or you could have had the peril of like, oh, if you could have had the twist of like Karin not being their age, but a third year at that high school. So that means you could have seriously had this sort of <laughs> type thing of like the 18 year old with these like 16 year old kids. And then she realizes, oh no, I'm going to be graduating. What am I going to do? I need to find a replacement. I need to find my pupil and stuff like that. So you could have had that peril of Karin, the hype woman, being the person and Azu has to be become the captain or the manager. That makes sense. You have Kari in the peppy one. Or you could bring in a girl who's just like, you know, who's pretty much just like that. You're really extremely flat. Doesn't really have much personality. Sort of like a Dandere character. Has actually a little charm and smarts, but it's just really analytical. That's why Azu gets on and then they can date. You fixed the series. I love it. <laughs> so I have one last idea, by the way, that I'm curious what you guys think. This one's a little bit strange, and then we'll move on to miscellaneous thoughts. So I initially, when I was reading the series, I thought maybe there was going to be this very minor like element of the characters not all being neurotypical. And I thought that could have been something really interesting to show that you can be a perfectly fine functioning member of society, and there's nothing wrong with being you know, neurotypical, like how there were hints of OCD, how there was kind of some on-the-spectrum stuff. But I don't know, maybe that wasn't something that really wasn't intentional, but I do think that could have been a cool element that could have also given some depth to the characters and really added kind of like an interesting message to something you've probably, I've never really seen before in a Shonen Jump series. Mm. I would be worried about that because like the, the way in which uh, people who are neurodivergent are portrayed in anime and manga. I mean, we read Robot Laser yeah. Beam. In order to write that, you have to be good enough to do so. Otherwise, it will frequently come out, come off as disrespectful or stupid. It's going to be a great idea if done by somebody who knows what he's That's doing. That's true. And this offer definitely wouldn't have trusted him with a serious topic like this. They're not bad. They're just like uh, kind of not fully developed as a writer. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But on that note of just kind of little thoughts, why don't we get into miscellaneous thoughts? Does that sound good? Yeah, sure. So Jordan, you know, what is really something that stood out to you as kind of like a, a like a little general miscellaneous thought that really didn't fit into the rest of the conversation that you had about the series? So they decide where they're going to go for high school based entirely on uh, the high school sports team. Yeah. And then they just switch and it's no big deal. Yeah. Like they go up to Keto, that, that dude that nobody remembers. And they're just like, want to come to uh, our, our team? And he's like, yeah, sure. So that means that Keto just completely switched schools just like that. For an unproven baseball team. <laughs> yeah, an unproven baseball team that doesn't even have all its members at that point. That must have been a really awkward conversation with his parents. Yeah, they could have had like an arc where they talked about how like the school's really good outside of baseball. So it made sense why they did that. And I wish I knew more about the Japanese uh, high school system, because as far as I know, it's like very hard to get into certain high schools as well. That was an aspect of this, of like the drama around this that just seemed so obvious to me. I was never once addressed. And maybe that's that goes back to the issue of humanization and the, like, the lack of it here. It's like, and that seems like such an obvious thing. Like you're going to a new school, you're changing everything about you, the, the world around you. That is huge for a high school. Again, the series only exists for the sake of those baseball plots. So a lot so. of things don't inherently make sense. How about you, though, Moscow? Is there any miscellaneous thoughts you'd like to talk about? What were they trying to do in like in just the general gist of the plot? The the moral of the story is that anybody could play baseball. I mean, it's the typical shonen jump thing of like they have to get to this random academy or this random kind of thing to then sue you could be the best in the world. Only this time this guy is one of the best in the area, but still fails. That's still basically it. Yeah. You know, surely they could have a B team. Right? It's a big school with a big baseball department, like sports 
department. Surely they'd have a B team. Basically what you could have done to make this plot make more sense is that it's the B team of Hakuo trying to take over the A team. Fuck, that's really good. That would have just made it so much simpler. Like, oh, Azu's dream was to be in the A team of Hakuo and he makes the B team. And with Tao, he then, he makes the A team. It's like, you know what? I kind of want to be with the B team. And then they're like, what? Why? You get to barely play. I just have a feeling is all, you know? That sounds all makes a lot more sense. What if instead of like doing this uh, official like um, high school baseball stuff that has all these regulations you have to go through and requires you have like nine people? What if they did like sandlot baseball? The idea being like, okay, once we get like a full team, then we can start the whole thing off. But like, what if it was just like they had these like short exhibition matches with like a bunch of uh, really talented baseball players or something? So I think those were a lot of awesome ideas. So let's now get into the final verdict. So I'm going to start off with some six word summaries. Masako, would you do us the honor of reading these? Or actually, there's a fuck ton, so I won't make you read all. I'll gladly do it. So we have a special treat for you folks. We are going to have the legendary Moscow X reading off all of these fan submissions for the first time ever having the guests read them off. So please do us the honor. All right. First off, we have T-Wolf and his one is this manga flubbed after first base. Vesper says needed more than just one cleanup. <laughs> oh, <laughs> NKSCF says acquire friends without playing enough baseball. Um, debatable, but fair enough. Scott says, Manga card didn't make the major leagues. Ooh. A <laughs> generic man. Take me out of the ball game. <laughs> T-Root goes, too many balls, not enough strikes. Xylon, <laughs> we don't have enough time to... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a great reading, I love it. Albi, it puts the meh in saber metrics. <laughs> The Duke of Dumbass says two bases short of a run. Herbimon Doskalus says they were really dragging their feet. Hey! Oh, there's the fires. Hey! Rat says it's not cricket, so why bother? My thoughts exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the BB King BB the one, two, 20 strikes, you're out. Uh, he wanted to have a note saying it's 20 strikes because that's how many chapters the series had if it wasn't, if it wasn't apparent. <laughs> Kemi Kem does something similar. One, two, 20 chapters. You're out. <laughs> Next one is ZZ Digital for Mighty Commodore has struck out. <laughs> I get it. Daniel says, I miss Ice Shield 21 so much. <laughs> <laughs> Luke says, Moneyball, your way to friendship. Aww. Tucker has two. Not foul, not a home run. And saying memorable, a seventh inning stretch. Oh, and then Masako, ha ha, what was yours? You picked the wrong pro tag. It's <laughs> <laughs> very true. true. Yeah. How about you, Jordan? Mine, uh, it actually goes along pretty closely with uh, T-Roots, which is not enough balls, not enough steel. Not enough balls, not enough steel. I got balls of steel. Except these guys don't. I'm here to hit balls and chew gum, and I'm all out of balls. There was actually a lack of talking about base uh, bubblegum for a baseball series. A little, a little yeah. disappointed by that. Actually, that would be cool. So instead of a toy store, it was like a candy shop, and they <laughs> they sponsored the gum that they chew. So though I had two just because one I wrote in case the series was bad, and I wanted to make a math pun where I said P-value, more like P-U-value, it stinks. But the series wasn't terrible. But that would have been really clever if it had been. My actual one was a slow start that gets mercy ruled. Yeah, we didn't even mm. mention the mercy rule. 
That's why I consider when they got canceled based on the readership. <laughs> they mentioned briefly in the in the manga that it's like, hey, we're going to beat these guys with a mercy roll. If we get like 10 home runs by the fifth inning, we win. It was 10-0. Yep. And that just reminded me of like in school when it's like, hey, if the teacher's out of class for like 50 minutes, we can all leave. Legally, we can Legally, leave. Legally, we can leave. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a rumor that was also existed in the British school system, Masako? Depends on the school. Okay. For the most part, if the heating goes in the school and it's gone for two hours, you can leave. What? If there's no central heating, in the school, even if it's during the summer, if it doesn't work, to up for two hours, you can leave. That rules. <laughs> but to, to get back into things, so Masako, would you consider this a flop or not? Um, Todd, I would say it is, but barely. It's not the biggest flop. It's more like it's just like it's a tiny little. Yeah, <laughs> this is a very inoffensive series. It's just like again, it's not that it's bad. It's just not good enough. There's a lot of potential in there for it to be yeah. alright. There are characters yeah. in there I don't hate. Yun Tsubaki. <laughs> it is really brutal on like uh, early, uh, on like first time uh, manga and stuff to have like, you know, Shonen Jump kind of breathing down your neck for every series. Yeah. If he had just posted this on the web and it was independent or something and it went for a long time, I could see that like by chapter like 50 or something, all the kinks are ironed out. You know, he knows who these characters are, he knows how to write them and how to draw them and stuff, but you don't get that in Shonen Jump. Unfortunately not. On that note, uh, what would you rate the series? It is a flop. Yeah. For the reasons I basically just said. Um, <laughs> yeah, I figured. Just wanted to make sure. Trying to think about what to recommend besides iShield 21. Yeah, I mean, iShield 21 is the obvious one. It's like, yeah. <laughs> the series, everything, except for the fact that it's football and not baseball, pretty much everything that this series attempts to do is done so much better by iShield 21. Yeah. Also, Moscow, sorry, I'm fr I forget. Did you say this is barely not a flop or barely is a flop? It is technically a flop, but it's not like you reg we regretfully call it a flop. So what would you say someone should check out instead of reading the series then? I don't really know much about like um, sports manga, but I would just recommend an old TV show, which I feel like had a similar thing. The Hurricanes. I've not heard of that show. We're the Hurricanes! It's, uh, basically, <laughs> it's like a soccer cartoon show from the 90s. It's about a, hmm. a soccer team that in every game, in the first half, they are always losing. And in the second half, they always come back to win. Yeah! <laughs> Just Very watch that. It's Captain Planet with soccer. That makes sense. For reference, by the way, historically, we had someone recommend The Mandalorian once and someone recommend their own podcast. So shout out to Lauren O'Neill with the 400 IQ move. Oh, yeah, she did do that, didn't she? <laughs> she said, instead of reading Godspeed, you should just listen to my podcast instead. <laughs> Sounds like a really fun recommendation. And then in my world, I would say, yeah, this is likewise, this is a flop, but it's like more of like a five and a half out of ten. Jordan, this is probably a strong contender for most forgettable series. I would legitimately think we probably won't really remember this manga or talk about it very much in the future. I'm going to forget barrage way more than this but yeah are, are you familiar with barrage masako i'll say that i am well do you maybe you know it by its other name bulge no but i'm intrigued now <laughs> it is so the creator of my hero academia had two failures before my hero academia he had ozu where he actually recycled a actually ton of character designs just for yeah but i i can't say i can't say words but yeah so like um gang orca actually was a character in his first series and he literally recycled the character design because he liked it and it is a really cool design and then after that he had a series called barrage which was so forgettable that he doesn't even reference it in my hero academia because they just he couldn't even scrap it for parts like he did Ozu. Ooh. Yeah. By the way, so for my world, I know we talked about Aisha 21, but I also want to recommend Ted Lasso, which is another like really fun, wholesome series about sports that definitely is approachable even if you don't care about sports much like myself. Oh, you know what then? Fuck it. I'm going to recommend The Sandlot. 
Oh, that's a great one, too. I actually haven't seen that. Let's make it a movie night. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, but Jordan, since this was not a certified flop, and it also wasn't not a flop, we don't have to figure out if this is the best worst. So why don't we move on to the shout outs? Yeah. I want to start things off by saying, Masako, thank you so much for being on the show. This was a blast. Absolutely. We have been so excited to have you on this show. Definitely, like, you were my childhood. I remember being at my parents' house when I was, like, maybe 14, watching Dragon Ball, the abridged series. <laughs> I think it was still at the Saiyan Saga at that point, but it's absolutely awesome to be recording with a legend like yourself. And so, though, where can they find all of the awesome things you've been working on? Well, again, thanks for having me, folks, and just uh, for having me here. I like I like railing on stories and coming up with new ones. <laughs> you can find me at mastercox.com. That pretty much has my merch store. I dropped some more merch recently, which is kind of cool. Um, it's also a place where you can find my latest videos and my channel. Just search mastercox on YouTube. Anywhere, really, at Twitter, Facebook... Uh, uh, TikTok, I'm there, and I'm just doing various things, really. And up on the lookout is my Dragon Ball podcast. It's on all the podcasting platforms, and Av and I have been doing it for nearly two years, and we're having a good time with it. Whoa. I'll definitely have to give them a listen. Thank you. Speaking, though, of terrific people, I want to give props to Jordan for making the opening and ending thing, being a great co-host, and helping with the editing. I want to give props to Mer Lyle for the awesome cover art. You can find her online at Lyle Mer and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. I want to thanks to Tucker, who's listening right now, for assistance with pronunciation, translation, other miscellaneous research. Tucker, we really did try. I know we have much to improve, Senpai, but we are giving it our best shot. I also want to give thanks to Luke for being our community producer, and thank you to T. Root, Aussie Rat, and T. Wolfwood, Aussie Rat, who's listening right now, for being our awesome transcription volunteers. Jordan's done a fantastic job with the new site. And speaking of Jordan, is there anything you want to say? Yeah, I'd like to say thank you, David, for editing and putting together the structure of the podcast. Oh, thanks, babe. Oh, you're welcome. I also want to say you can find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website ShonenFlop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Yeah. By the way, Spotify has podcast reviews. If you've been enjoying the show, we'd appreciate if you took 30 seconds to give us five stars. If you have already, you're the best. And be sure to join the Shonen Flop Discord. Come hang out with us and talk about anime games or whatever else is on your mind. We also have a book club and do regular movie nights. You can find a link to it in the show notes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. We have a ton of awesome perks like bonus episodes on series like Mago Chant. Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer and PPPPP, a series that somehow has not been canceled and is not going to be in the U19 despite its first chapter being hot garbage. I really hope that PPPPPP winds up becoming super fucking huge. <laughs> I really do. I still don't really think it's that good, but like, I just think it would be so fucking funny. Yeah, and speaking of our patrons, I'm going to read off some of our awesome King of the Forest and Chainsaw Man patrons real quick. So I want to give a shout out to, uh, <laughs> one day I'll think of a proper patron name for now. You can call me Wolfwood and Pterodactyl Ghost. Moving on to the King of the Forest, we have Albie. Damn, are you an orphanage? Because I'd like to give you kids. Gabe Lando, <laughs> oh Kylie Denton, Mark, Matt Solovich, Marty, Rachel, my lovely girlfriend, Scarlett Myrmidon, T, the BBB King, BBB the. You're getting better at reading that name every time. My girlfriend upped her Patreon tier for Valentine's I was, Day. I noticed that. I was like, hey. <laughs> Isn't that very romantic? Thank you, Rachel. That's very sweet. Oh, man. And then if you're not ready for a regular commitment, consider buying some merch. We have a ton of awesome designs, including the much-requested Gomez Moon and Mashable Punching Harry Potter shirts, along with a portion of the proceeds going to the original artist to boot. But that's uh, all the things we've got to shout out. Why don't we move on to sign-off? Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next week where you, we give our first thoughts on Level E. Ooh. This has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Master Collects. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, floppers. Yeah. Yeah.